Welcome to the Bridging Broken to Breakthrough podcast. I am your host, Maria Wingard. Today is a Red Tent conversation where we're continuing in part seven of our interview with Miss Julia. And we ended last week talking about how Satan appears as an angel of light. And this week we pick up that part of the conversation and it ended up going into abortion. So this may be a little bit of a difficult conversation for some people. Don't you also think he's opposite in some capacity? Like light and darkness, yes. good and evil, right? Yes. There, there's, there, he is absolutely a counterfeit coming as an angel of light. But yes. In, he also is opposite in so many capacities where it's not like there's a counterfeit for abortion no. right god doesn't have a counterfeit no, he does for not. abortion he has an opposite yes you know life, life bur- you know living a full life being able to be born and live abortion is literally the stopping of living it is the ending of a life so there really isn't a christian version of abortion there really isn't something precious to extract from that. No. There is absolutely nothing original that's counterfeited in that act. That's it. Because Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God comes to give life and life abundantly. Those are those are like literally opposite of each other. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. So I guess while I, I fully, absolutely agree that he's a counterfeiter, he's also completely opposite of God's character. God is holy. Mm-hmm. He's not. That's right. God is righteous. He he's is not. not. Yes. <laughs> you know, those are completely opposite, right? And if we didn't have a holy standard and God says for us to be holy as he is holy, which means we should not be delving into unholiness or unrighteousness to try and be holy. Yeah. I, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yes. That there is some things that are just simply opposite? Yes. About the nature of... Yes. Yes, and if you look hard enough, you can see it if it's not clear, but oftentimes it is very clear. And I thought, oh, here we have another red tent session, and some girl may come in, a young wife, and she's got a baby coming. Maybe she's got three others on the ground, and she doesn't want, for some reason, to bear this child. Hmm. Who knows what her reasons is reasons are, and so under the red tent, I'll bet that was a discussion. And what would you say to her, baby? Don't make this decision right now. Let's talk about it. Come, let us reason together. Right, right. I know. And maybe I- there's an experience where I would have had. Uh, don't make a permanent decision for a temporary situation. Yes. And I, perhaps I felt that way about one of the uh, pregnancies. Right. And I can share. I waited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is the result. Yeah. I mean, I can even say that. Um I was engaged to be married and there were some situations that happened and... Because of that, I ended up pregnant. 
And I was actually looking at ending the relationship. And I was literally caught between a rock and a hard place and too long to go into this right now. Um, but I, for a fleeting moment, I thought about it. And my network was not that supportive of keeping. You know, the, the, at that time, we were, um, you know, I was born in 1977. So we were pretty much at the height of a, a very feminist movement where you are career oriented. You don't need to have any children. Um, you know, that the lie that if you have kids, you won't, you can't have a career. What a lie that you can't have both. And um, just all these things. And I remember sitting there looking at my choices and saying, no matter what, I can't do this because I know too much. I know that this is a life. You know, I know that if I go and I, you know, the ultrasound, this is a life. Like I'm seeing this physically move inside of me. It's not me that's moving. It's a separate entity, a separate person that is inside of me that is moving. And it's so interesting how... <clears throat> animal rights activists would literally have a hissy fit if there was a mama pup who had five or six puppies and she was found abandoned on the side of the road they would birth those puppies mm -hmm. they wouldn't say oh this mama can't mm -hmm. take care of these babies we're going to just abort these babies and we're going to save them from having a life Oh, no, no. They'd birth those babies and then they would find homes for all mm -hmm. of those babies. Mm -hmm. But when we have a human being, it's such a different story. Right. There's such a lie that's told. And so, um, you know, as you brought up about, you know, maybe we've, we've had those thoughts. I think that there is a lot of women who have said, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I, none of us are ready. I wasn't ready. You weren't ready. And no matter how many kids you have, you're never ready for the next one to come. Mm -hmm. You're never mm -hmm. ready. None of us are ever going to be ready, but nor are we ever going to, there's this lie of perfection too, where you have to have all these things down to be this perfect mom or perfect dad so that you can have this perfect family and, and you can protect your children from all of these traumas. Bubble wrap children are spoiled brats, right? Yes. They're like that rich boy you were yes. talking about. Yes. He's bubble wrapped. When you live in, in a bubble, you are protected from quote unquote everything. But the second you're out of the bubble, the germs hit you and you die. If you take a medical model. So I don't know. That might have been a rabbit trail. Well, I want to say something since I'm here. Go for and it. we've talked about that. The other side of that, and I hadn't thought about this memory in a long, long time. I, uh, I worked for some attorneys and one of my friends, whether we were from high, the same high school, worked for another set of attorneys. And so we often ate lunch and our friendship built and grew and so um she, her dad was a minister and she had chosen a lifestyle her she still lived at home but they, her parents didn't know what she was doing she was seeing an older man and they were going to this place and the funny thing about it was it was called the rendezvous <laughs> <laughs> and it was a bar and it was totally what she was not raised in and uh, so she tells me that she thinks she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. 
And back in the 60s, an abortion did not come in a sterile situation. Right. And she needed someone to take her and um, bring her somewhere and uh, <clears throat> to heal. And I was between a rock and a hard place. I didn't want it to do it, but what if... What if she bled? What if something happened? She would need somebody. So I was going to go. And I was horrified at it. Mm. But Mother Nature took took over, and she was not in need of the red tent after all. (laughs) And I didn't know. Or she she was in need of the red tent. Oh yeah, she was. She was. That's she, right. She was in need of it. <laughs> but but all my life, I have looked back on that, and at times said, "Oh, Julia, you would have been what do they call that? The legal term for it mm, when you accomplice. help to murder. Mm. That's a hard word, but that's what I felt like it was, even in my youth." And I was, uh, God stepped in, and I didn't have to live the rest of my life with that guilt. I am grateful you decided to come walk a mile with me, your host, Maria Wingard, on the Bridging Broken to Breakthrough podcast for our Red Tent Conversations, to find out how Jesus bridges broken to breakthrough, and to listen to past episodes, please visit hopewillarise.com. And thanks for listening today.